Hey y'all, welcome back to Into the Light. We have a special guest on our podcast today. Her name is Sherry Frankie, and I'm going to let Erin introduce her to us. Boy, do we have an episode for you guys today. (laughs) (laughs) We were just having a conversation off mic with Sherry, and wow, we have so many things that we could talk about. (laughs) We're going to keep this very gospel-focused and gospel-oriented and talk about the Savior, as we always do. But Sherry is someone that we've come to know. She lives nearby and is a part of our ward and is an awesome member of our ward and a great friend of ours. So thanks for coming on. Yeah. Thanks for having me. (laughs) We're really excited about this. Sherry is one of the like most happy people ever. Oh gosh. She comes to church. (laughs) She has a smile on her face and I'm like, gosh, I want some of what she has. And I don't know what it is. (laughs) She does have a, yeah, she has an awesome smile. Um, she, uh, she has been a part of the eight passengers YouTube channel in the past mm-hmm. um, that has a couple million subscribers and she has her own YouTube channel. Follow her at Sherry Frankie. Oh, thank you for the shout out. Yeah. <laughs> Is it the same on your Instagram? Same handle? Um, it's official Sherry Frankie. I think at official Sherry Frankie. Okay. You could be one of her hundreds of thousands of subscribers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Sherry goes to BYU studying. Yep. Political science. Poli sci. Yeah. Yeah, we the were most interesting major too. in the world, if you ask me. It's fascinating. Yeah. It's fascinating. Scary. Except for psychology. Really? Poli sci is a close second. What yeah. about? True. Chemistry rules the world. No. So <laughs> That makes me want to throw up. <laughs> but yeah, let's let's get into it. Let's let's jump in. So Sherry, Sherry's gonna I mean, we're going to lead this conversation, but we're going to go wherever Sherry feels like is best to talk about. So we always start out by talking about childhood and kind of how you grew up, your family life from as far back as you remember, or as far back as you want to go, just kind of how you were raised. Okay. And um, how was the gospel oriented yes. within your childhood? Yeah. Okay. So I am the oldest of six kids. And I was raised in Springville. I feel like we... Springville. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. So I was raised in Springville. Um, oldest child. The church was always, like, we were very active growing up. Like, we went to church on Sundays. Um, when FHE was, like, still a... Like, I don't know. When the church was more, like, doing family home evenings, we'd yeah. always do, like, family home evenings. We had a little song we would sing, like we made up with some family home evening song that we would all sing and it was great. Um, we'd always try to read the scriptures together with a big family. It was hard. Cause like either wake up really early or you read really late at night, but like we were always conscious about it and tried to do it. it didn't mm-hmm. always happen, but we were, we tried and we prayed before meals. Um, so yeah, we were all like very active in the church, love the church. Pretty typical Utah family. I'd say. Yeah. Heck yeah. <laughs> So what about you personally growing up? Were you, like, how was your relationship with the gospel, with God? Like, did you have a close relationship? Or was it kind of just like, oh, my parents do this, my family does this? Like, how was that? Yeah, dynamic? so I I loved, I think I've always loved the gospel. Um, when I was, like, eight, for some reason, I got, like, really obsessed with Joseph Smith and just read every book on him that I could because <laughs> wow. I was just, like, fascinated by it. Um But I also realized, like, thinking back on it now, when I was, like, five or six, I was scared to go to hell. Like, I don't know where that fear came from, but I was, like, (laughs) I am so scared I'm going to be damned. And I think that, like, carried into my teenage years, 
So I was always worried about like wanting God to be happy with me. Mm, um, yeah. I know you just said you don't know where that came from, but if you had to take a guess, where do you think that fear came from? Oh man, I, I think maybe part of it was just like my perfectionist mentality yeah. as like an oldest mm. child. Um, you felt like there was a lot of pressure on you. Yeah. And I probably put up most of that on myself, uh-huh. but I always just wanted to be like perfect in every way. And that applied spiritually as well. Mm, that's hard. That's really hard. So do you feel like, did you live the quote unquote ideal, like Mormon upbringing? I, I feel like I did. Yeah. Like we went to church on Sundays, FHE, um, like we did sports, extracurricular stuff, mm-hmm. like had family dinners together. Like it was really chill. Yeah. Like all we were, yeah. yeah. And you're, well, you grew up here in Utah. I always forget that. But you're like friends were all Mormon and yeah. starting members. Yeah. And <laughs> 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 just, I'm not from Utah, so it's just such a different dynamic. Yeah. Okay. How was it, uh, how was it growing up being on camera all the time? Because um, it's a lot, right? Yeah. So I started being on camera. I should remember the exact age. I was like 12, maybe 13-ish. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I thought it was strange at first, honestly. I was like, this is weird. Like, we take a camera with us everywhere. <laughs> oh, was that, like, legit? Yeah. Like, we took a camera when we'd go on vacations. We'd film going to the store. We'd just, like, always kind of film everything. Um, but over the years, like, I, I got used to it more. It's like, yeah, this is, like, our job. Like, this oh, is how yeah. we pay for vacations. This is how we get to do fun stuff like you don't love it every day but you do it because it's work um but even still to this day i get embarrassed to go out and like film in public Mm. even though i've been doing it for like eight years yeah (laughs) i go out by myself i'm like hiding the camera (laughs) my stomach and it's yeah dude when i film in my car i'm embarrassed (laughs) and i have tinted windows can't imagine in person or like out in the public does did that ever get hard like being in the in the limelight all the yeah, time. Yeah, it got hard, especially, especially growing up. Yeah, growing up. Um, I mean, junior high phase. Just I don't think it was great for anybody. Yeah. <laughs> oh no. Facts. I would not want my life on camera. Yeah. Um, and then I feel like as I got older, people got like meaner in the comments. Oh. Um, they would say things like, "Oh, she's just a Molly Mormon. Like she's just gonna grow up, become a baby making machine." Like. Wow. Oh my gosh. Just because she's a member of the church. And so there was a lot of attack on At religion. 13. Yeah. So that, like, there was a lot of attack on religion. Um, people made fun of me because, like, I took school seriously and they were like, yeah. she needs a life. And um, which, like, I agree, I did need a life <laughs> besides school. But yeah, but it was not helpful. You had, like, bully, like, people have, like, the typical bully and, like, the right. person making but fun of you. But it was, like, school. strangers. Strangers who internet. are grown adults. Yeah. How did, how did that affect you as a young kid? Um, I found myself, like, I would tell myself, it doesn't matter what they say. Like, I know how I feel about myself. And I think I believed that for a while. Yeah. But I always would find myself just, like, checking comments on Instagram, on YouTube, just to see what people had said about me. Yeah. Um, Whether it be good or bad, you feel yeah, like it was yeah. okay. Because I, I just wanted to, like, be aware of what people were saying, I guess. And that probably got to, like, an unhealthy point where I was just checking all the time. And even through college, sometimes I've had to just like check and check and check. And really? Yeah. So luckily I'm like breaking that habit, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is nice. That's but off. That's, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's <laughs> really cool. Well, I just think about how 
mid in middle school like instagram and snapchat and like all those things were very much like oh this is like the cool thing to do oh yeah like the dog filters yeah (laughs) yeah and it was like oh it's like social media right but like you were in social media versus watching it right from like a middle schooler's perspective you were a quote-unquote influencer before influencers were really that a thing. Pretty like. cool. <laughs> <laughs> you are cool, Sherry. That's why we love talking with you. Um, okay, so growing up, you were very active. Your own personal relationship with God was pretty strong, you mm-hmm. would say. Um, and then you graduate high school, and then you go to BYU. Yep. Okay. So how did you feel like... Because I think it's a pretty natural thing for everybody when you're young to have a pretty immature... I don't know if immature is the right word, but just like an undeveloped sense of who God is, mm-hmm. what your relationship to him looks like. Yeah. What did the journey to, I guess, spiritual maturity look like for you? Yeah. So like I said, like very young, I was like, I, I knew God loved me and I loved him, but I was like scared of him. Mm-hmm. I was like, he could strike me down with a lightning bolt. Mm, like yeah. <laughs> he could. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, I've said my prayers, um, but viewed him as like a, just like a separate entity that was like one day, like I'll be able to get to that point where I can talk with him and know him. And, um, and then, yeah, junior high, I kind of, let's see, junior high, I kind of started to like read the scriptures a little bit more. When I got to high school, I switched to a private school, um, and was around better influences, I think, um, and the teachers were able to bring the gospel into lessons. And so that really just, like, cultivated a sense of, like, it made me excited to study the gospel. And then um, as I would read the scriptures, I would find myself, um, especially, I mean, when everything with my family started happening, and we can talk about that later, um, I would find myself wanting to believe, like, God is kind and merciful. Yeah. And, but then I'd say, well, that's just, like, the sinful part of me that's lying to myself trying to make me feel like I'm okay, but I'm actually not. So like Mm. I would have those thoughts like, no, like maybe God is actually good Mm -hmm. and kind. And then I'd be like, no, I'm just lying to myself. That's not how it is. Cause I'm going to, if I believe that, then I'll become complacent and I'll mess up. And so. See, that's interesting because as missionaries, the first principle we teach is God is our loving heavenly father. Yeah. And he's a dad who loves you. Yeah. And wants the best for you. And obviously wants to protect you. And the way he does that is through commandments. And so it's it's interesting to see that that was not how you interpret it in your head. Yeah. And I, I am I'm under the personal belief that most spiritual I agree. and probably yeah. emotional problems that we face in today's world come from a misunderstanding of who God is. Yeah. Definitely. A misunderstanding his of character. his character. Yeah. Exactly. How do you I just had an awesome question and it just completely left me. Oh, I was gonna say I think what you said reminded me of like the difference between complacency and contentment, right? Mm-hmm. You can be content with who you are. You can be content that God loves you no matter what, while also not being complacent. Right. Being complacent, like the apathy isn't something that we want. Exactly. But you want to be content with mm. who you are at the same time, right? So on the Into the Light podcast, as you know, we talk a lot about trials mm-hmm. and things that people have overcome. So you've had your fair share of trials in your life. When did all that start and how has it affected you? Yeah, so 
When I was in 10th grade, so I was like 15, um, my family joined a group, um, like a mental health kind of like a self-help group basically Um, because we wanted to, you know, grow closer as a family. We wanted each of us individually to become more like self-sufficient and growth oriented. Yeah, like growth oriented. Um, And so we started in this group um, and like it was great at first, like we were um, learning like a new, like learning lingo for stuff and we were able to communicate in ways that we understood each other. Um, And then you know, when we interact with other people and we use the same language, like they were very confused. They were yeah, like, I don't yeah. understand what you're saying. Huh. Um, and so in a sense, I feel like that brought us closer as a family because we like we knew what the other person, how they thought. We knew like how we could communicate with each other. Um, and then as like the years progressed, um, this group became more extreme and they began to equate like their curriculum and their teachings kind of with the gospel in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so at first it wasn't with the gospel. Um, I'm not sure. I just, I don't okay. know. I don't, I never remembered that. Maybe it, mm-hmm. they said it and I just forgot it. Yeah. But um, when did you, when do you feel like, what was the thing that made you become more aware that they were equating it? Um, I think when they started like talking about God while they were also talking about their same curriculum yeah. and stuff. Self-help. Yeah. Growth. Yeah. Got it. And so I was like, oh, well, the gospel and this go together. Like if I live this curriculum well, then I'll be a better church member um, and vice versa. Oh. So. Interesting. Yeah. And I think we should throw a disclaimer out there that life coaching is a very controversial space right now in the mental health field yes because there's low accountability there's very low accountability you don't need a license to become like there's no state certification for life coaching and so you have to be very 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 careful and research very deeply if you turn to life coaching in any sense because literally anybody and their dog could become a life coach and say They're a quote unquote certified life coach versus therapy, which is, I don't, I don't know. Like therapy, therapy counselors, you need a license. You need, you need a degree, a, degree. a couple okay. different degrees, yeah. a very intense licensure exam and tons. And of then you're also hours. under the board, like the Utah, like doppel where it's like, yeah. you can file a complaint. They can take away your license. Oh, wow. But like, suspended, revoked. Yeah. Interesting. Didn't know that. It's a okay. Very, it's a very state run. It makes it a lot more secure and safe. For sure. Yeah. And there's also there's very many great life coaches out there. Oh like, yeah. There's a like you can you can find awesome people that way, but you also have to be very careful. But there's also crap. I guess I just don't know this but there's also licensed therapists and people who are very well written that are not great. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I mean, just do your research. The same on thing applies to therapists. Okay. Yeah, good. Just, I'm just yeah, <laughs> stay on the same page. <laughs> as far as credibility goes, definitely therapists and okay. counselors have more official credentials. So this was but... a life coach group. Yes. Okay. Okay. Now I understand. So how did you feel about 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 it? Like yeah. So I. I remember going into it and one of the people had said to me, like, I don't think you have a lot of like empathy for other people and a lot of compassion for other people. Like towards you individually? And so I was like, okay, like I'm going to work on it. I'm going to work on it. And so I would say my prayers at night and be like, Heavenly Father, like, 
why don't I have empathy? Like, Aww. please help me to, like, have it. And, I mean, obviously, I everyone could have more empathy, I think. But I don't think I was, like, deprived cold. of yeah. empathy. Yeah. <laughs> like, cold-hearted. Yeah. So you I don't like, get Cherry. You yeah. don't think she's cold-hearted. No. So I, so Unempathetic I, is the first word that comes to mind. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's, so, like, the last thing. Oh, man. So I look back at, like, a lot of the things that I prayed for at that age, and I, like, feel bad for myself that mm. I was, like, so concerned with, like, help me be clean. Help me be empathetic. Like, I don't know what to do. And then I feel like I would work on it. And then I would go and talk with these people. And they'd say, you're still not getting it. Mm-hmm. And I would just, like, lose my mind over, like, what else am I supposed to do? Like, What was the benchmark for them? Like, what was the Yeah, standard? that's hard. Yeah, I don't know. So, like, every week we would keep track of, like, how many times you used black and white thinking. How many times you, like, denigrated yourself. How many... And so it was, like, a very... Like, I was always focused on the negative things that I was doing Mm. um, and had to report on those. And so I started to notice those things in, like, other people as well. Um, So, like, I I would look at somebody and say, your eyes look dark. Like, you've probably, you're hiding something. You're... And I still find yeah. myself to this day sometimes I make snap judgments about people and I'm like, crap, no, I don't want to do that. <laughs> so it's like it's taken a lot of work and still is to like undo that kind of like snap judgment mentality Thinking, yeah. about me and other people. Mm-hmm. Wow. wow, that's crazy. Um, really good question. I forgot it. How do you. <laughs> so how long were you, I guess, actively involved in this before you decided to. Yeah, so. I was in 10th grade when I joined, and then... I guess, sorry to interrupt, if if you feel comfortable yeah. saying, what is the joining yeah. process? Like, like do you what have does to it sign mean up? To it's, yeah, so the joining process for it, like, you can pay for, like, workbooks online. They have, like, weekly conferences you can join. You can do, like, one-on-one sessions with um, the main life coach. Um, it does involve, like, paying to get in, so... yeah. Um, but they also do like social media stuff and some people just look at that and they're like, yeah, this is great. Um, it sounds like a basic life coaching yeah. company. Yeah. yeah. So like I said, I joined it when I was in 10th grade. I got like more strongly involved throughout high school. So I graduated like very much on board with all of it. And then I came to college and I, oh. I mean, high school was like a bubble within a bubble within a bubble. And then... <laughs> Yeah. I broke out of one of those bubbles, but I came to BYU. Still in some bubbles, but less. Um, so I started to, like, interacting with roommates and people that I hadn't met. I was very judgmental. I was like, wow, she's wearing that. Like, she's going to hell. Wow, she's wearing that. God's so mad at her. Or So, like, I was still very, like, judgmental about people like that. And I would take religion classes, and they would talk about, you know, God is so gracious and kind. And I'd say, well, they've got it wrong. And so I, I was just very, like, critical about the world. And then I think, like, some things within my family were happening that I started to question, like, I don't know if this is okay. Like, I don't know if God would actually support this. Like, is this really the gospel? And so for a long time, for, like, seven months of my freshman year in college, I was just debating. I was like, I don't know what to believe. Mm. Like, I believe the gospel is true, but I don't know exactly what that gospel is. Yeah. Like, mm. I didn't know where to draw the line between... Life coaching and Yeah, gospel. like, life coaching and the gospel. Um, and then I still remember one day, like, I was praying. I was like, I need, like, a very clear indicator, like, if I'm going down the wrong road or if I'm, 
should change something in my life. And so I woke up one morning and I had the story of um, Jesus at the well with the woman. Mm -hmm. Um, And a saying stuck out to me that he said, he basically said, like, you should worship God in spirit and in truth. Mm. And I was like, wow. And like, I didn't think much of it at first, but it stayed with me for days. And I looked at that, like, we should worship in spirit and in truth. And I had just been doing one of those things and not the other. And so at that point, I was very convinced, like, this is too extreme. I need to do something, change something. But I wasn't sure how Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, I want to honor my family. We're supposed to honor our parents. And I felt that to disagree with them was sinful um, and that God would be mad at me, too, Mm -hmm. if I did that. That's a that's a hard paradigm because not even just like within the gospel, but I would say people who are joining the church and their parents are Catholic or Baptist, you know, and they're going against the beliefs that their parents taught them their whole lives, right? Yeah. I feel like it's it's pretty similar in that way. Um, but how do, how do you think you kind of, I guess, mentally worked through that? I honestly, I gave no indication that I disagreed with what was going on because I wanted to still be like included in things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so again, for those like whole seven months I was doubting whenever I'd go home, you know, it was like, oh, we use this language. We talk about things like this. And then I noticed like when I would leave my family, like I would just feel like spiritually drained. Like mm-hmm. I just wouldn't feel great. Yeah. Um, I would like overhear conversations and just like find myself internally like this isn't right like this isn't okay and so it got to the point where I was like I can't keep pretending like everything's fine yeah um yeah yeah so that's hard I think that what you said about spirit and truth is so powerful how do you feel like we were just talking about this actually in, in last week's episode where to me, life is all about learning how to discern what the spirit feels like for you. Mm. Because if you're able to have the spirit with you in a consistent manner, you're going to make mostly good choices. Like you're going to, you're going to feel good. You can feel happy. Even in the sad times, you can have good perspective. How do you feel the spirit and how did that, how did you become aware of? Yeah. So that was something like seminary lessons. My favorite lessons were always like, how can I tell when I'm feeling the spirit? Mm -hmm. Because I was a pretty anxious kid growing up. Um, and so I'd always wonder like, is this my anxiety or is this the spirit? It's a great question. Yeah. Like (laughs) if this is like, if I keep thinking about this, then is it the spirit telling me I need to do something? Mm, And so like, that was a whole other struggle on top of it. Um, and it was hard, especially because while I was involved in this group in high school, like I felt the spirit very strongly a lot. And I had some of my most powerful spiritual experiences during that. And so as I was thinking about it and I was like, well, is this right? I was like, well, I felt the spirit. So I must, it must've been good. Yeah. Like it must've been okay. Um, Oof. And so I struggled with that and I didn't exactly know what to do. Um, but as I've thought about it, like in retrospect, I think the spirit in a way was like preparing me to have the strength to be able to change and do something else. And those like spiritual experiences leading up to it were like, look at, look at the gifts that you have and the things that you can do. And so I knew that God was there and Mm -hmm. I think that was important. Um, And now like I've been learning, like I, God loves us, obviously. He knows our weight, our, 
He knows our <laughs> like God loves us. He knows our strengths and our weaknesses. And he knows that I sometimes have a hard time discerning the spirit. And so mm. I've learned like he's not going to like give me some grand revelation when I'm anxious. Because yeah. he knows it'll be confusing. Yeah. And so that's a good point. He he I will like find that. the times that I am calm and happy and those are the times that if he needs to tell me something that he'll be able to do it because he's not going to intentionally try to confuse mm-hmm. like that's the adversary's job that is right. really cool i've never heard it like that i think that's important to know that obviously god knows who you are on a very deep personal level he's going to talk to you in the way that is the most clear possible yeah. it's kind of hard though because it's because like every single time there's like a face-to-face for the church Mm -hmm. there is like that question always comes up it's like Uh how do i know if it's my thoughts or the spirit and what do the general authorities always say if If it's it's a a good good thought thought, it doesn't matter do it right (laughs) but it sounds like from this life coaching and from this kind of way of life that you were trying to live you were trying to live the best you could yeah Mm -hmm. so it's like well what does that mean god like how do i do that and it's yeah wow that's Sure, you just taught me something really powerful. Today. Thank you. <laughs> Do you feel like you started to become aware of that as you spent time with your family, then away from your family, that you were yeah. feeling the spirit more in, like the calm. Yeah, yeah, and I had I had friends that would point out to me when I'd come home from my family. They're like, "You're different. Mm-hmm. Like, you are going back to how you were in high school." Not that I was a terrible person in high school, but they're like, "We can just see something like different about you." Mm, really? So, like, I remember. Did you see that in yourself? I mean, looking back, I can. At the time, I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, But I remember the first general conference I watched, like, by myself. And it was the greatest general conference ever. Like, I loved it. I was like, this is so cool to just, like, watch by myself. Like, it was amazing. And so just kind of the more time I spent with myself and with God, I was like, okay, like, this is how I want to feel all the time. Do you feel like... Do you feel like um, your ability to kind of love yourself as well as like see the positive in yourself increased as you did the things that you felt like you needed to do? Yeah, I think especially like even just the last few weeks, it's like looking back at like I know looking back, I know I was doing the best that I could. Like I was praying like, God, please help me have empathy, like because I really cared and I wanted to do good things and I wanted to be a good person and you know when a couple months ago a few months ago started going to like therapy and that definitely helped to have like an outside person not tell me how to think but be like this was wrong or like you're totally okay to feel like this um and so that was like more of validating just how I how I thought because a lot of times I'd want to you know, love myself and I yeah. want to, but then I'd always be like, no, like I'm lying to myself. I need to be hard on myself. And, and so to have someone else tell me like, no, like it's okay to like love yourself. And I was like, oh, <laughs> those thoughts had been there the whole time. I just yeah. never like took them seriously. So. Has there ever been like an intentional way to do that? Like how, how do you like intentionally say, you know what? I'm doing great. Mm. You know what? Like oh. Practical questions, Bray. That's, That's a awesome. good question. Um, because hmm. I, I think this is a common thing among, I think people our age, because we're in this perfectionistic right. like, age of college, like we have to yes. be perfect, but also social media doesn't help yeah. in having to be perfect. And it's like, 
gosh, like, I am really missing the mark yeah. all the well, time. I, I think that, at least for me, I think we tend to struggle with, like, the same sorts of sins mm. or temptations. I think a lot of them are I agree. kind of oriented the same way. And so mm. for me, when I get upset, like, I can't believe I did this. I can't believe. I'll look back at years prior and say, well, look at how far I've come from then. Mm. And not to say, like, oh, well, what you've done now is okay, but say, like, you're trying and look at how far you've come Mm -hmm. and think about a year where I'll be like, so looking back at, you know, past things and saying, I'm not the same person I was then. Like I can change still. I think that's one of the most powerful exercises is to look back. And it's something that we ask our guests quite frequently is like, if you could go back when you're going through this extremely hard time and have a conversation with yourself or even just imagine that conversation. How would you be viewing that person that you were five years ago? Yeah. And every single time they're like, I just be feeling so merciful, like so compassionate. Like you're going to get through this, right? The future's brighter and the future in front of that's going to be even brighter. Yeah. I think we've reiterated this before on our podcast, but I think it's been a while since we said it, but Aaron taught me this really big principle a couple months ago that, Sometimes we don't want to share like our deepest, darkest trials and secrets with people because we think it's going to change their perspective of them. But in reality, it's the complete opposite. Oh, and yeah. doing this podcast, it has helped us know more than anything that we have more respect. We have more like you are so strong. You are so courageous for the individuals in our life because that's who we, we interview, the people we interact with all the time. And so it's very interesting to see that. Like when you're looking at yourself and you're like, I'm the horrible person. Like this was a horrible part of my life. You tell somebody else that and they're like, holy smokes, bro. Like that just gives me so much more respect for who you are as an individual now. Yeah. Those trials qualify you to help other people that are going through the same thing in the future. That's from Ed Milet. Ed Milet, my guy. Um, (laughs) So I want to ask because I feel like Bray's question was leading into what I was wanting to ask too. Because you have to have a lot of self-confidence and courage to be able to break away from something that you've held so near and dear to you for a long time. Mm -hmm. What did that look like for you back then? For me, honestly, the re I think the reason it took me so long was because I didn't have like the widest support group. Like I, am not the most like social person. Um, all my friends from high school were on missions. Like they still are. (laughs) Um, I, I'm like a freshman in college. I'm 20. Wow, I didn't know you were so young. <laughs> I had no clue. When did you graduate high school? Two years ago. <laughs> we're old. Okay, keep going. Sorry. Yeah, so for me, um, looking back, like God placed some people in my life, like really good mentors um, that were able to help me through it. Um, really good bishops have been amazing. Um I've been able to reconnect with like a family that I was friends with in high school and they've kind of taken me in as their own daughter. And so like I I had like, I felt like I had them to go, um, to go to. It was hard to like not have my own family. Yeah. Um, And then to hear other people talking about their trials and say, well, my, my parents were my rock. Like they were there for me. And I was like, man, um, Wouldn't it be nice? <laughs> yeah, but to have, I mean, God will always put people in your life. For and sure. Angels from yeah, heaven. Yeah, for sure. How did you come to that decision to just um, I remove don't think, yourself from this situation? I don't think it was like I woke up one day and decided today is the day. Yeah. Um, but a lot of stuff happened in our family that almost kind of like 
did it for me. Oh, interesting. Which was nice that, yeah. like, I didn't have to have, you know, the conversation of, like, I'm leaving. Yeah. Um, things just kind of happened that just, like, slowly kind of drifted. And so it, was, it wasn't as dramatic as I thought it was going to be, yeah. which is nice. Well, I have always said, well, my mission president says this. He says, <laughs> he... <laughs> Why are you laughing? I always I've always this. said. <laughs> Actually, I mean, my, my mission president. <laughs> well, he said he says that God preserves people um, for what He knows their potential to be, and I think that's so important because sometimes we don't see our own potential when we're in the depths of our trials. How do you think you were able to discern truth through this whole thing? I feel like. I yeah. feel like that's, I don't know if we've already asked that question. Did no. we? Okay. Like what, question. what is one thing, what is one thing that you're like, this is truth or like, I can understand that this is truth because you, sorry, I'm moving. Um, <laughs> you, you were struggling with the whole anxiety versus the spirit thing. Mm-hmm. Right. And like, for me, that is like how you decide truth. But right. when that's so cloudy, how are you going to find truth? Yeah. You know what I mean? So I, like, I have always firmly believed, like, Jesus Christ is our Savior. Yeah. Like, I've always never doubted that once. But as I've gotten older, the word Savior has meant different things. Oh, and so being able to expand what that meaning is, like, that does mean merciful. And it means, mm. you know, he is just. But, mm. like, you know, to just, like, accept all these different identities that Christ has. Um, to read the scriptures and to trust my initial, like, insights that I had. I had to just like learn to go with my gut more because the more I sat and thought about it, the more, you know, other voices would come into my head and previous ways of thinking would start to influence it. So it really was like learning to trust myself. And then something else I did was when I would pray, I don't know if this is bad to do, but I stopped saying like thee, thy, thou, like I started to use like you and kind of more like informal language in a way. Um, because he really, I mean, he's our heavenly father, but he also became a father in like a very real sense as well. Very yeah. personal. Yeah, way. like a very, like almost like an earthly father. Like I tell him about my day and. He kind of turned from authoritative to you to yeah. personal. Yeah. Like, and so I feel like that boy, relationship, yeah. like if I had no other friends in the world, like that would have been enough. Mm. That's I powerful. Love that. That's powerful. How would you, what would you say to someone that's having doubts? about whether the gospel is true. Oh, man. That's a good question. How would I answer that? That's good. I would say just learning to, like, trust yourself because the light of Christ is in all of us, and our spirit, obviously, wants us to recognize the truth of the gospel. And I think it's always going to be whispering it to you and confirming it to you. And so just trusting that I think is mm-hmm. what that spirit has to say. Yeah. It all comes down to having the spirit. Yeah. That's literally the answer for everything. Has peace ever been an indicator for you of this is the spirit or this is not the spirit? I, the last few weeks it has for sure. Mm. Just, you know, as life calms down a bit, it's like, oh my gosh, I can breathe. Like, yeah. this is nice. I like this. Like, I wake up in the mornings. I'm like, oh, life is so good. Um, yeah, so that peace is definitely something that I've been coming to feel more mm-hmm. of because I never had, like, really felt it before. And yeah. so, yeah, experiencing it more. And 
I think that's an important principle too, is that the way that you feel the spirit can change over time. For sure. Mm. Like when I was in junior high and high school, I was like very intellectual. I read a lot. And so most of my like spiritual experiences honestly came from like reading books. Like I read a lot of history books, a lot of like classics. Nice. And sometimes a quote would just stick out to me. I was like, that is so profound. Because <laughs> um, yes. I think God knew that's like how I get her attention is she's always reading. So like, <laughs> I'll just have something stick out to her from there. Um, but then as I've matured and been able to like sit with my own thoughts more, um, that's invited him to come in, you know, like directly rather than through a book or yeah. from whatever. That's I powerful. love that. So I, are you picking your nail polish yeah, off? It's really driving me nuts. So also, just bear with me. I just want to point this out. Bray is in her scrubs because she was at work earlier and she keeps on putting her sweater on and off. And now it's this whole interview. on now her neck, but not hanging over around her, her neck. Like, <laughs> it's just the constant. Come on, Aaron. I'm sorry. I'm cold it's, and then I'm back not hot. <laughs> <laughs> sorry Bray. go ahead anyways it was Sherry a really started good question she talked about your nails i know she did well it was like all gooey anyways. ew it's not gooey anymore but <laughs> good thing i have my nail polish in my car <laughs> i love you Bray. okay anyways um because uh, i'm very much like what do i do like yes inspiration the is very things. yeah because yes. i'm like after i listen to a good podcast i'm like I'm going to go do that right now. Like, I'm going to go run a mile. Or, like, I'm going to go to the gym right now. You know, like, I'm very yeah. much like, let's do something right now. What is very much, like, something that inspires you to, like, do something right now that's going to continue to what's help a, you? What's a daily practice? There, we go. there we go. This is yeah. going to sound so stupid. <laughs> but honestly, every day, I try to do something new. Oh. And Expound. it sounds yeah. so yes. strange. I love it. I um, love it. But, I mean, obviously, being raised in Utah is frankly a bubble. I love mm -hmm. Utah. It is a bubble. It totally is. Um, Definitely a bubble. My high school life was also a bubble. Mm -hmm. um, and I feel like now that I'm like moving on to a new phase of my life, I want to be able to like start my own life in a way and be able to move past everything. Mm. And so like I picked up yoga. Let's like go. never did yoga. I was like, this is actually pretty fun. Like this week, it was St. Patrick's Day. I went and got Irish food. Oh. I was like, <laughs> like just like really stupid things like that, yeah. honestly, that it's like, this is, I'm experiencing life in a new way that I haven't before. Um, and I honestly, it sounds strange. I feel the spirit oh, doing it, yeah. eating my corn hash. And <laughs> <laughs> like, this is so good. Um, Irish food. I don't know to get that in promo. <laughs> Legends Grill had it. Oh, there we go. At BYU. So I just think there's so much that God wants us to experience that we have to take the first steps to try to do. And mm. yeah, he That's wants beautiful. us to experience things. And I learned too. That's really cool because I learned that doing new things with people connect you with them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think that's that's really cool that that's like a new connection with God. Yeah. And also... Like I said, I'm not very social. So my roommates and I, like, we love each other. We're great. But I spend a lot of time in my room. Yeah. I've tried to sit on the couch now when I do things. Hey, that could be a I big thing. To, that really I try to, like, yeah. literally, if I'm doing my homework, I will do it out in the living room. Okay. And, like, my roommates and I have so much fun. We watch true crime all the time. Like, <laughs> we've, like, just gotten so much closer just from me not hiding in my room oh, wow. so, that's, that's awesome yeah, like, that's connection. So cool. no that's a great point um 
also just saying yes to new experiences and opportunities. Yeah, like I went snowshoeing the other day. I hate outside. I hate <laughs> being outside. But I was like, you know what? I'll do it. And I loved it. Yeah. It was great. That's actually a really fun day. <laughs> so I want to I want to talk a little bit about deception and Ooh. manipulation, things like that, because especially young people growing up and even college students, like I agree. if you move out on your own, you're going to be bombarded by a whole bunch of different opinions. For sure. And a lot of people have great intentions. I, I would say most people have great intentions. I'd like to give the benefit of the doubt to most people, but how do you go about detecting either manipulation or deception? Man, if I had the answer, I'd be like translated. That's <laughs> um, <laughs> true. That's true. I, I mean, like we were talking about earlier, just practically, I think doing your research behind mm-hmm. organizations and groups, like, if there are any like huge major red flags, you'll probably find them there. Yeah. Um, I think it's important to just like be aware of how you're feeling. I think when you're interacting with something that you're questioning yeah. or because I think your gut is always honestly right on. Yeah. Um, and again, it goes back to being able to trust yourself um, in how you feel and Man, I had another thought, and then it slipped. What about in, like, interpersonal relationships? Mm. Same question, but in closer relationships. Um, Yeah, that is also hard, especially when they're people that you, like, love and mm-hmm. you've grown up with. Um, I think that, for me, honestly, journaling was helpful because I would write every day something that happened. And then I could look back and say, well, this person used to act like this. And so mm. on a more practical note, I could say, well, I've seen this. Because you don't see it like yeah. every day, like the small the changes moment, yeah. yeah, that are hard to notice. But then when I go back and read things, I'm like, hey, this was written on this day. I know I wasn't exaggerating anything. Like, yeah, you can just see. This was my truth at the yeah, moment. Yeah, like this is how things have changed. Just, I think, looking at things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and frankly, at the beginning of all of it, I did have some like red flags raised. I was concerned and then I forgot it and hopped on board. And so listening to those initial concerns, I think will help you stay out of a lot of icky situations. Yeah. yeah. To say the least, man. Yeah, for Holy sure. Smokes. What do you feel like? This is kind of a loaded question, but I want to ask it anyways. What do you feel like your testimony is based on right now? Honestly, I, it's like, wow. Honestly, I think my testimony is starting to become more based on the concept of like grace. Mm. And that's, it's funny to me because I was just talking to Bishop the other day. I was like, I don't know what grace means. Like, <laughs> I like, I don't know how it applies to me, but I just feel like this is like, something that's really vital and i feel like if i understand this then i will be so much of a happier person yeah and so for me just the hope that like christ is you know grace and merciful but he's also truth and just and like knowing that one day like i will fully embrace all of that because i don't yet still i i find myself feeling like god's mad at me god's whatever um but knowing that one day I'll be able to 
like fully just rely on him. Like looking forward to that day helps yeah. me now. Yeah, for sure. For sure. It's it's really cool to see like like in your brain. Like I can't see your brain, but like <laughs> you think about these things and I'm like, oh, that's like really cool how you thought about that. Aaron, why are you laughing at me? <laughs> the way you phrase things, I just love it. I just love it. You suck. <laughs> Anyways, I had a good question. Well, I think that's that's my bad. <laughs> That is my bad. Um, that's such a powerful principle, though. Yeah. Like, great. We're all about grace here on the Into Light podcast. <laughs> we obviously. Sure. We've been changed by grace. And that sounds like such an evangelical sounding thing to say. But honestly, like, the, the people we are today is because of the Savior's atonement. Well, it's important to know nothing, 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 nothing. It doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter how many commandments you follow. It doesn't matter if you have a temple recommend. will get you to the celestial kingdom or get you to heaven or get you to God without the Savior. The exactly. Savior is the only thing. It does not matter what you do on this planet. Yeah. Um, he, If you are close to him and if you are using him to get to God, then that is the only way that this will be successful. And I always think too, and this is maybe this is like my wishful thinking. I have that a lot. But I'm just like, <laughs> I don't understand why we're so worried about not getting into heaven because we're all getting into heaven. Like, because we're on this earth, we're all getting to heaven, you know? And there's this, the, of course, there's the degrees, right? But you're going to be close to God, closer than you think you're going to be, you know? I just think we're way more harder on ourselves than God is on us. Exactly. That makes sense. And I remember reading a talk from Brad Wilcox called yeah. His Grace is Sufficient. Love it. Best talk of all time. <laughs> but my favorite, like, example he used was, like, how he always thought Judgment Day would be like him hiding in a corner yeah. and God would be like holding a clipboard, like adding up all the good and bad Grading things he did. Yeah. And then he's like, well, you missed it by 10 points. Sorry, <laughs> man. But he's like, I came to realize it was God would be there pleading for me to stay. Mm. And so being able to look at myself and say, if God asked me today, would I want to go to heaven and be with him? Like, yeah, I'd say yes. Like, mm -hmm. so just knowing my desires and where I want to end up, I think, matters a lot and i think the only thing that stops us from that is our desire like our desire but also like are we even allowed to be with god you know he's yeah. going to be he's going to be like asking begging us but are we going to be in the position to be able to want to do that yeah, yeah i think instead of allowed i think comfortable yeah, is the there right we go. word right okay, so yeah are we going to be comfortable in the presence of god yeah. because of the way that we've we've lived, we've or lived are our life. currently living yeah i agree I have a couple more questions um, that I want to ask. First of all, how, who is the Savior to you right now? Who is, you can answer both these things, who is the Savior and Heavenly Father to you now compared to how you knew both of them in the past? They are much more personable, I would say. Um, I'm going to put in a little like spiel for The Chosen. I yes. love that show. It's amazing. Love the church Bible videos, but Jesus can seem a little scary in those. So <laughs> he like he just is more of a friend and a person. And it's like, that's who Jesus is. Like, he has a sense of humor. Yeah. Like, he's funny. He likes to have fun. Um, and so that's helped me to be like, you know, they, they care about me. They care about the things that I care about. They're not sitting up there on their thrones. Yeah waiting to throw a lightning bolt at me every time I mess up. Like they, like they cry with me. That was another big thing that like when I would cry and be like so upset about something, I could just know like Jesus is crying with me too. Mm, and yeah. um, 
So I just, I feel that they are much more present in my life. And they always have been, obviously. But yeah. I, I feel that it's more real to me mm-hmm. now. You know, personally, you could personally have a conversation with them. That's beautiful. I think, um, I was just thinking about how, I don't know, just like the start of this conversation and like how you were explaining your relationship and how you're, you you were very much in your childhood, you were having this desire to be closer with God and you still have that desire today. And why, why do you think then was your desire versus now? And how do you think that's changed over time? Yeah, I think honestly, my desire when I was younger, I don't want to say it was selfish, but I was like, I want to get to heaven. Like I, what can I, like, what do I need to do so that I can check the box and like make it to heaven? Yeah. And now it's more of like, how can I like maximize the life that I have right Mm. now? How can I live in ways that, you know, we get one mortal life? Like, what can I do to like do new things every day? Like live, live fully and be able to look back and say like i don't regret anything um and so it's it's more obviously that means you know more service so how can i serve other people how can i help them live to the fullest of their lives and yeah so i i would say it's more community oriented maybe now rather than like how can i get to heaven Mm -hmm. like how can we all like yeah, because I want my friends in heaven. I want my family in heaven. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's not fun if they're not there. So that's true. Heaven's yeah. perfect. And turning have from that, some bomb food. <laughs> <laughs> that's facts. <laughs> I'm not going if there's not. Yeah. <laughs> I want some good steak. Irish food. No, I'm just kidding. Um. Okay, this is this is a question I've been thinking about for a second now, um, and it's something that we talked about earlier. But I want to hear your honest thoughts about it. What, if you could go back and talk to your 15-year-old self right now, what would you say to her? Um, chill out. <laughs> You're fine. Um, I would say it's okay if God is, like, your only friend. Yeah. Because for a while he was, and I was so upset about it. I was like, why do I not have any friends? Like, didn't have any support. Or I mean, I didn't feel like I had any support. I'm sure I did. Um but just making your relationship with God be the most important thing, mm. I think, could have saved me a lot of heartache and saved me a lot of time, frankly, if I trusted God and loved him more than I loved anybody else, even yeah. my family. Yeah, That's so powerful. How would you advise your former self to develop a relationship with God more deeply? I would say study more independently. Like, family scripture study is great. Church is great. Mm -hmm. Um, But to really sit alone, I think, is when we learn the most from the Spirit. Yeah, I agree. So. I agree. Do you, how do you, because obviously you were very self-critical of yourself before. um, And there was a lot of outsiding factors to play into that. Um, And I'm thinking of more of, like, how you were like, oh, these are the commandments and I'm not mm-hmm. living the commandments the best to my ability. How do you view that differently now? Like are are the commandments still very much like, this is this is what I gotta meet and this is how I need to do it. And if I'm not doing this, I'm not close to God. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like how do you view the commandments I mean, like, now versus now? Frankly, I think part of me still is like that. Yeah. Like I've sinned, oh my gosh. Yeah. Like 
But I think it's more, like, I still have that reaction, but it's more of what happens after. Mm. Like, oh, I can repent. Like, this is fine. Like, it'll work out. And so, I mean, I'd like to not have that reaction and be like, oh, man, that was just another stumble instead of, like, the world is over. Yeah. Um, You understand the atonement a little better. Exactly. It's exactly what it is. It's it's a greater understanding of who God is, right? Yeah. What we were talking about at the beginning, his character. It's beautiful. Should we ask our last question? Let's do it. Oh, yeah, gosh. I, I could <laughs> ask oh, so many more questions, Sherry. Um, but what do you think, um, if somebody else, so not your past self, but if somebody else was in your situation um, and they're listening to this podcast and they're like, I want you to know this one thing after we leave today, what would be that one thing that you want to bring into the light to them? Hmm. Give me a sec. I would say be able to rely more on what, like, you knew in primary. Mm. Because I think literally primary, those primary songs teach you everything you need to know about (laughs) living the gospel. And I find myself singing primary songs a lot because they're just simple gospel principles. And I think we often complicate things as we get older. But to be able to just go back to, like, okay, what are the four, like, principles of the gospel? Like, uh-huh. It's four things. Like, that's all you need. Like, mm-hmm. and yes, it's hard, but we complicate it, I think, more than we need to. So, back to the basics. I yeah. know it. I feel like sometimes, can I just expound on that? Sorry. Yes. I feel like sometimes, especially when I was on my mission, I was like, I, I, do, like, <laughs> which is very ironic because I did not know the scriptures before my mission. But I was like, I'm going to learn the deep doctrine. Like, the deep doctrine <laughs> is what I'm going to learn on my mission. And I'm like, I'm going to find it. You know what? You're gonna I can't. going to open up the four <laughs> volumes of Doctrine of Salvation. <laughs> well, first, I didn't realize that I really didn't know the scriptures. So I was like, after my mission, I'm going to learn the deep doctrine. Like, the deep doctrine is what I'm going to learn. But in reality, I can't even get the basics down. I don't even understand the real doctrine versus the deep doctrine. And so I just think that's so powerful. Somebody in church last week um, asked um, asked kids, like, what is love? Or what is oh, who is yeah, Jesus yeah, to you? Yeah. And their response were, like, the most pure responses ever. Like, love is when my mom or when my dad gives my mom the last piece of chicken. Like, that's Aww. love. Yeah. <laughs> that is love to a little five-year-old. Yeah. Yeah. Or, like, Jesus yeah. is somebody who loves me and will take care of me. Like, yeah. That's it. When and you think about like church lessons, we yes. really have the same lessons over and That's over true. on yeah. the same we topics. We do. And I still learn something new every time. It's <laughs> like it's a lifelong journey. It's beautiful. Oh, I love the gospel, man. Do you have a do you have a favorite primary song right now? I Hmm. What's the like Heavenly Father, are you really there? What a child's, child's prayer. prayer. That one, <laughs> the bomb. <It> amazing. <laughs> Everybody, go listen to a child's prayer and think about when you'd cry about it in primary. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't when, just me. <laughs> when the two verses come together, oh. when you sing the third verse yeah. together, and, and then you're like, like what? <laughs> Waterworks at seven. <laughs> I'm glad I wasn't the only one. <laughs> oh my gosh, I was always crying at church. Oh man! Oh, Sherry, thank you so much. I know this was this was tough. <laughs> this was tough for you, and I'm really grateful that you came on. Um, go go look at Ch- Sherry's um, channel. Follow her on Instagram and YouTube. At official Sherry Frankie. Oof. And at Sherry Frankie on YouTube. And 
And send us DMs or questions that you guys have for Sherry or that you have about truth, about the spirit, about anything that we talked yeah, about today. I would love to continue them. this conversation. Yeah. Stories or something. Yeah, I would love to continue the conversation because I feel like I've learned a lot today. And take what Sherry says and learn how to develop a relationship with Heavenly Father. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Oh, I love it. <laughs> Thank, Thank y'all for we love listening. You. We love you guys. <laughs> See you next week. Bye.